welcome to the Tweet Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar-related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweet Couch, we are counseling on signature gear. One of the greatest compliments a guitarist can receive from a manufacturer is the opportunity to have their own signature gear made. Whether it is Les Paul, Grace Potter, Joe Maphis, Lizzie Hale, Zach Weil, Zach Myers, David Gilmore, David Grissom, James Hetfield, or Jared James Nichols. The list goes on, and all of this gear is almost as impressive as the person who inspired it. Of course, many of these instruments weren't designed simply to just sell widgets. They were designed by a working man for a working man, or lady in some cases. Signature gear has more than just an artist's autograph on it. It has their stamp of approval and their blessing to go create inspirational music in their name. But what signature gear have we owned? Who is the gear marketed for? What signature gear is on our radar? Is this gear only meant to play that artist's songs? Who makes the best signature gear? And Have we ever tried to make a clone of someone else's guitar because it hasn't already been made or was too expensive? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Jason on the Tweed Couch. Well, Jason, it is awesome to have you again on the couch to talk about signature gear. So thank you so much, Jason, for joining me again for some group therapy on the Tweed Couch. Yeah, it's good to be back. Man, I'll tell you, it's starting to get a little more broken in, this couch. You know, it's pretty cool because we had Owen on not too long ago, which is my 13-year-old kid, and he sat on the couch, and he was starting to wonder if it was getting a little lumpy, and I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's just where John sits. Yeah. Over there is where Jason lays. First of all, I was going to ask you, (laughs) where I put my head down, that's not where John sits, is it? Because I I don't want to be putting my head right there where, you know, I don't know John personally, but. I don't want to be putting my head yeah. where somebody's butt is. Yeah, no, 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 no. Because I lay face down. Yeah, no, it's, it, yes. <laughs> you got me early. <laughs> you can check that one off. This is going to be a, a bingo heavy episode, I think. Yeah, I think so. Because we're going to talk about signature gear. So yes. what signature gear have you owned and what led you to getting that signature gear? So I, I'm glad you uh, invited me for this episode because this is one of my my things. I've always, and I think anybody who's ever listened knows, I'm very easily swayed by promotional items. I'm like a promoter's dream. Yeah. I mean, I, I still <laughs> own Takamini guitars because I saw Garth Brooks playing them. My first like yeah. real guitar that I bought was one that it wasn't exactly like his, but it looked like his. And so I, I did that. And that was your Esteban guitar, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the Emperor Door. Yeah. <laughs> the Emperor Door. Yeah. So, I mean, gosh, this cracks me up like now thinking about it. But I had a cheap guitar, like a cheap, cheap, cheap guitar that did not even, like, I don't even know if it had a brand. But, anyways, I tried to sand down the headstock and I tried to write Takamini on there just like they did. And I remember <laughs> at the time, one of my friends was like, What are you doing that for? That's stupid. And I was like, No, man, it's cool. And uh, looking back, he was right. I was wrong. It was stupid. Were you a 13-year-old cork sniffer? I uh, know. <laughs> I was. I may have had cork sniffer taste, but I had a uh, water budget. 
whenever I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my first, my first piece of signature gear ever was in 1997, I think. They came out with a Steve Warner model Takamini. As soon as I heard about it, I was like, I've got to have that. So my friend Brent Wall, who works at Guitar Center still, he worked over at the Arlington one. He still remembers that. He talks about it all the time. But um, we had to special order it from Takamini because he, they didn't, they didn't stock them. So it was a special order, and I think I put it on layaway, and I would just pay a little chunk at a time. So that was my first one. Yeah. Along the way, I've, I've had a uh, Garth Brooks signature Takamini, the one with the ugly sound hole. It was like a guitar. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that, that was a mistake. Um, yeah, well, the, the the sound hole was like the shape of an actual guitar, right? Exactly, yeah, which is... Yeah, it was like the body shape. Yeah. Uh, and it, I think even Garth has gone back to normal guitars thinking, that was a big mistake, I shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> but then I ended up finding an older Steve Warner model, Takamini, which was basically the same, but without a cutaway. And that's the one he played most, and so I really wanted that one, too. So I got that. Later on, I, uh, of course, had the uh, Silver Sky, the John Mayer Silver Sky. Um, Yeah, which, by the way, have you seen the new song and his video? Of course I've seen it. I I woke up, like, when it was released to watch it. Yeah, I love the song. (laughs) Love it. Love the 80s vibe. Do not love the pink guitar, but I get it. Is is it Pepto-Pink? I think it's Pepto-Pink. 100%, yep. But you know what? So it's great for tone as well as great for an upset stomach. Absolutely. When, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. And, but I mean, I, like I was looking at that, I was like, he could, I mean, he could do whatever he wants. He's like, give me a Pepto Silver Sky. Yes. But yeah. So um, I would he, like Pepto with green polka dots. I yes. Mean, it's such an 80s song. He could have got away with like a Buddy Guy version. Yeah. But it's pink with like seafoam green or. Oh lime green polka dots that would have been so ugly but you know what's funny is i'm a big john mayer fan but there are so many guys on these facebook pages i go to that are like the biggest fanboys i've ever seen in my entire life and they're like yeah they're already talking about how to order their pink silver skies (laughs) where to get their only made in japan ce2 because he's using a chorus pedal on it now so you know i i love john mayer but i i think i've I don't have a lot of room to talk because I'm just as bad, but I think that maybe I've grown out of that just a little bit. But oh, speaking of that growth, that's wonderful. Yeah, no, just because of you, I, because of therapy. Yeah, because of I, the therapy. Um, I have had the Brad Paisley model Telly, which I loved, but it ended up selling as well. That's right. I had a Zach Myers PRS, which I liked. Yes. And to be honest with you, I had no idea who Zach Myers was. Never heard of him. Never heard him play a note in my yep. life. But I liked the guitar. Yeah. So that was kind of a step in the uh, right that direction. That Tram Pass Green was awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so pretty. I love oh, that color. Yeah. There's been a couple pedals I've owned. I've owned the Brent Mason Wampler pedal. I've owned the Brad Paisley Paisley Drive just once. Just owned that one one time, I think. Yeah, one one times a hundred. Uh, yeah, something like that. I own a Jackson pedal from Drew Shirley from Switchfoot, who I don't really know either. It's called the Bell Star. I don't know him that well, but I own the pedal like it. He's Um, a funny guy. Is he? Yeah. Actually, I've met Switchfoot a few times, and I remember talking with Drew, and he's uh, he's a good dude. Like He's very laid back, but all of his humor is just a little dry, so once you get it, you're like, oh, that was funny. 
Yeah, that's that, my that kind was of, funny. Like that's good. That's my kind of humor. Yeah. And then of course I've owned a couple of the uh Brad Paisley Dr. Z collaboration amps, which none of them have really been signature amps, but you know, right. they, they are. That's mostly it. Now there's one thing on my radar, but I think we'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, I've had a number of different signature type things, but for the most part, I I don't know that if you want to call it signature gear or not, because mm-hmm. what I had were Les Pauls. Technically a signature. <laughs> well, no, I don't I don't consider that. I forgot to mention, I'm sorry, this is so this is not a signature one for real, but they did not make a Steve Warner model telecaster, so I I made my own. So that one's probably a signature. Yes. It's very okay. true. You also had a Chet Atkins at one time, didn't you? I did. I forgot about that. Yeah, I had the the little small acoustic thin body. Yeah. That was for a very short amount one. of time. Yeah. Gosh, that was a long yeah. time ago. There's going to be a lot of gear I think we forgot. I yeah. can really only remember two true signature guitars that I ever owned. And one is the J Mascus Jazzmaster. Oh yeah, great guitar. Yeah, which I got that because of the color combination and yep. actually because of the tone. It's more like a P90 and so mm-hmm. I really dug that and I thought that the color combination that like cream white with the gold anodized pickguard. I mean, it was Yeah, and those necks are nice cool. on those guitars. They're really nice. Well, and then on top of that, also the neck that was on this one was like really flamed maple, mm. which is kind of interesting considering it's a squire. Yeah. The other I think you'll you'll laugh about, I actually had a Glenn Campbell Ovation 12 oh, string. I would never laugh about that. I wanted that. I think I tried to buy that from you actually. A couple times. No, no, you didn't try to buy this one because this one was pretty rough. And the only reason why I owned it was because it was given to me for free. I still think I told you at one point that I wanted that if you ever sold it. Yeah, well, I sold it. Sorry. It's all right. I would have never played it. It was, yeah, you would have gotten rid of it right away. It had a crack in the finish on the top, which may have gone through the whole wood. And then it was missing a tuner. So I guess you should call it an so 11, 11 string. string. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Well, but I that's do. really all the signature gear that I've had. That doesn't mean that I haven't wanted other signature gear, mm-hmm. but that's what I've actually owned. Yeah. So what signature gear is on your radar right now? Well, there's two. And the, I mean, that's really it. There's, there's two of them. The first one is... For now. Yeah, for now. The first one is that Steve <laughs> Warner model Gretsch that we talked about. Yep. It's a, you know, a Gretsch 6120, I think. Is that what it is? I think so. And it, I mean, it's cool, but it's 3600 bucks. And I honestly, I wouldn't know how to play that style guitar if I held it, you know? Like, I can't play yeah. like thumb picking, you know, Travis style stuff. So there's that one. And then the other one is one that I probably would have bought yesterday if I would have found it is the uh, John Mayer Model Martin, the OMJM. Oh, really? So I remember whenever I was back in college, probably whenever they first came out, they came out with one called a OM28JM. I was a moderate John Mayer fan at that time, and I played that guitar, and I don't know if if I was younger and didn't know better or what, but that guitar has haunted me forever. I just remember playing that, and I thought, that's the yeah. best sounding guitar I've ever played. So I always wanted one of those, never could afford it, and now they're they're ridiculous. But they Martin started making the OMJM, which is more of a production model. But what I found over the last couple of months is apparently Martin got hit pretty hard for uh, COVID, so they have not been making very many guitars. So 
they're nearly impossible to find. I'll just wait. I'll, I mean, I'll still probably buy one at some point in my life, but as of now, that Furch guitar that I got, or Furch, yeah. I think that's how yeah. you say it, is yeah. my OM model guitar. That's, that's all for now. And, you know, I've seen the Brent Mason Fender Telecaster that's out right now, and that interests me. I've seen the, uh, the Brad Paisley Esquire that's out, and I'm like, those are cool, but I just... Yep. I'm so happy with my Dano casters right now. Like I just, I just don't even want anything else. I'm yeah. Good. Well, first, I'd like to mention. Thanks for mentioning that first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that guitar that you got yes. because that goes back to that new little series that we did, which was right. kind of short stories from the couch. And you know, I'm I'm curious if people like that. So you should definitely I like send it. me a message, give me a like, whatever, and let me know that. You think that that's kind of a cool idea, and we'll we'll do yeah. those every once in a while. Also, I want to mention that John Mayer acoustic. When mm-hmm. you said that it was the OM twenty eight JM that they made back then, when you were in college, that's back when he was mostly a pop star. Yeah, like your yeah. body is a wonderland. Like mm-hmm. there was no daughters wasn't a thing, gravity wasn't a thing. Yeah. Not really yet. No. So in which so. case, it makes sense that you didn't love him then because he later got into more of the blues side of things. And then uh-huh. the blues kind of went to the blues rock to pop rock to all the things that are John Mayer. So, yeah, he wasn't as much a guitar player at that point. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and that that we consider because obviously yeah. he was. We just weren't that into it. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's fair to say. I and I'm trying to remember what year those came out, but I found out about him. Do you remember that summer we worked together at the college? I do. The, the kids' college. So, so that's yeah, when we, we conned that lady into thinking that I could teach young yeah. children how to play guitar. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, that, that was fun. We had a great time. That was great. Yeah, the kids we, had a good time too. Yeah, everybody. I mean, we all had fun. I made a lot of friends there. But that the year, either that year or the year before, was the year that I heard John Mayer for the first time. And a friend of mine burned a CD. That tells you how long ago it was. Burned a CD, and yep. it had his his like demo on there, and a bunch of like you know probably Napster downloaded songs. Yep. I heard that, and I liked him right away. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. Like you know, usually when somebody plays something for you, you're like, oh yeah, that's great, and then you never listen to it again. But I remember thinking like, hey, yep. I kind of like this stuff. And so I've liked him for a long time, but I haven't loved, loved, loved him until, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah. So, great story, huh? So that was probably <laughs> around like 2002, I guess. Yeah, I would think so, so. Speaking of going back to like, you know, 2002 and back to then, that actually brings me to some of the signature gear that I have been interested in, which would be things like the Mark Tremonti PRS. Okay, those are nice. You know, the reason why I love it is actually because it has a trim on it. It's single cut. It's got a lot of cool appointments. The only reason why I've never, ever purchased one is it has a wide, thin neck. Yep. And I don't want a wide, thin neck. I want a wide, fat neck, or I want mm-hmm. a, a pattern regular or a standard neck or something like that. And if I want to do that, then I got to go with a private stock. And yep. I'm not getting a signature model private stock. Like, right. No. Yeah. Speaking of which, that would also bring me to the Santana model PRS. Nice. Which I love the look of it, but I've never played one that I've loved. So, you know, I've heard, I've heard those are real smooth. 
so smooth because it's just like the ocean under the moon anyway <laughs> check that one off john oh uh, i love me some rob thomas too who doesn't I, that's the problem yeah. that's that's the problem whenever i pick up a guitar all i play is 3 a.m that's all i play yes Matchbox is it because you're lonely used to be i must okay. be yeah okay yeah, must be lonely yeah so speaking of prs joe walsh have you seen his new PRS? Yes, I have, and it, it's fantastic. Man, it looks nice. Yes, it is. It's on my radar, and the only reason is the stainless steel frets. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a normal five nine four. It really yeah, is. But, it's but the color is good. The inlay is good. The binding is good. Everything is good. But it has stainless steel frets, which makes it interesting and different, and they are limited and I don't know. Plus who doesn't love Joe Walsh? I mean, come on. Well, of course. But then again, Joe Walsh has put his name on so much gear. True. That if you wanted to only own Joe Walsh gear, you would probably go broke because he is everything. You could do a Joe Walsh like rig rundown Uh of just his gear. And most of it, you'd be like, that's crap. Like that's crappy stuff. Yeah. Well, and to be honest with you, I'm, I was looking at it just now. The price is not terrible. I mean, it's sixty five fifty. Not terrible. No. I mean, that's that's a ton of money. Do not get me wrong. But yeah. compared to other like private stock PRSs, I've seen seen higher. Oh yeah, a lot higher. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's kind of cool. I mean, if you're a big Joe Walsh fan, I probably wouldn't buy it because if I'm gonna spend that much on one, I don't think I want a Joe Walsh model. But that's just me. Right. Well, speaking of not paying too much for stuff. Yeah. So something that was on my radar but isn't anymore was the Lucas Nelson Gibson yep. 56 Les Paul Jr. Did you see that one? I did. You're the one that told me about it because I had not seen it up until that point. I had one of the production models, but I didn't love it. But I've been wanting another single cut Jr. for a while because yeah. Keith Urban kind of lit that fire. And to me, that would have been a signature guitar. Keith Early Urban. 2000s. Yep. yep. And uh, it still sticks with me, and I, I love that. But... uh yeah, I've been looking at the new ones and the custom shop ones, but when you said when you mentioned that Lucas Nelson one, I was like, I don't even know who that is. Uh, you know, and I, I saw that, and really, the second I saw it, what makes it a signature model is the fact that it had a few appointments, like the bridge and the worn-in neck type feel and stuff like that, and I'm like, that's all the stuff I want. Like, that's what I want in a vintage version of it. Original's great. I would love to have original. It'd be nice, but I wouldn't enjoy playing it. That's the whole point of getting someone else's who basically, they made a signature model because they made enough changes that they went, yeah, let's right. just do that. Right. By the way, um, Lucas is Willie's son. Did you know that? I just looked it up. Is he really? He really is, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I know. You know, since we're talking about juniors... The Brian Ray 62 SG Jr., which is that, that pearlescent color. He plays okay. with Paul McCartney. Okay. And it's like this pearl color, and it's got this, like the, it's got the old trim system on it, and it's it's pretty cool, but it's also way too expensive for a junior. Really? How much is that one? Well, keep in mind that an SG Jr., like if you get the custom shop version, is still like, you know, two, three grand. Okay. Well, the Brian Ray version is like five grand. It's oh, like, wow. Psh. I'm like, no. Yeah. Although it has a lot of cool features, like really cool features. But I, 
Not for a junior, not for me. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Gibson. Yeah. I probably should mention another one that is well worth mentioning for anybody who can still get their hands on one. And that is the Kirk Douglas SG. I love Did you ever see those? And, no, but I love him and Michael in pretty much all their movies that they're in. It's, it's not. I, no, no, this is a different one. <laughs> this is the guy from uh, The Roots from Jimmy Fallon. I think we're going like, to have to agree to disagree he, on this one. It's like, wasn't, wasn't he the captain of the Starship Enterprise? No, you're thinking of William Shatner. Captain Kirk? No. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. That's or was it, it George Takei? That anyway, that of? guitar was pretty awesome. It had like a special like area where the volume knob was, and then you had three pickups, and I, it was it was a pretty cool SG. It had had the tremolo. Yeah, and, I actually have seen that, and I thought that was really cool. And I think that's the one they played in Spartacus. Is that right? Spartacus? No, Wait, you're crazy. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We are not talking about Gibsons anymore. That's it. But okay. if we go to Fender, yeah. this one has actually been on my radar. Okay. The Troy Van Leeuwen. Never heard of him either. No, but you've seen the guitar. It's a purple, sparkly jazz master. Okay, I'm, I'm looking he now. He plays for Queen of the Stone Age. Okay. Oh, that's nice. It does not look purple to me. It looks kind of burgundy. Well, maybe he did a burgundy one. Now, the, the one that they have now is like a, a gold mist. Okay. To it, but he had one that was like this purple sparkle. Got the matching headstock. Yeah, and th- that that's what's kind of cool about it. It's got all that little stuff. Now, what is the reason why I never owned it? It's actually not the price. The price is pretty decent. It's mostly because I'm not a Queen of the Stone Age like super fan. Mm-hmm. I just liked the color. So the part yeah. of the reason why you don't you've never heard of some of these people is because you don't follow them. I look at the guitars and go, ooh, sweet guitar. Oh, there's a name on it. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's how it was with Zach Myers. That's how it was with that one. I was like, oh, this is a great guitar. I was like, who's this guy again? That actually brings me to an interesting story. I was in San Antonio, Texas, mm-hmm. and I was in a guitar center. Or maybe it was a Sam Ash. Actually, it was a Sam Ash. Yeah, Sam Ash. They and had they had a Kurt Cobain Jaguar there, which has like two pickups like that are humbuckers and it's got like the pickup rings are around it and all that kind of stuff and it's kind of interesting looking it's kind of beat up and fun and whatever well they had it and i pulled it off the wall and i went you know what i got this kurt cobain jaguar in my hands so what should i play now if you had a kurt cobain jaguar in your hands what would you play smoke on the water Probably either that or something Brad Paisley. But what I played... Or an, an F chord. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And that F chord led me to Smells Like Teen Spirit. Of course. So I started playing that, and all of a sudden, a dude walks up behind me and goes, Huh, you're pretty much like that YouTube of, of all of the cliche sounds that you ever hear <laughs> at a guitar center. <laughs> and I was like, dude, it's a Kurt Cobain guitar. Exactly. And he just looked at me like blindly, like, first of all, the look was, what's a Kurt Cobain guitar? And the second one was, you're still the cliche. And I just wanted to hit him over the head with it, which is a very Kurt Cobain thing to do. You should have. Because I was like, dude, I'm paying homage to the dude's guitar. I don't pick up like the Blake Shelton signature guitar and play Miranda Lambert. Too soon? Mm, probably too soon for that. Probably too soon. 
But I could pick up a Garth Brooks guitar and play Trisha Yearwood songs. Yeah, I mean, he does. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Yeah. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Let's hear from our sponsor. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, if you love family friendly, if you love camping, then you should look into LifeFest. LifeFest is one of the largest Christian music festivals in America and draws attendees from across the United States to worship together, deepen their faith, and strengthen relationships with family and friends. This three-day event features dozens of artists, engaging seminars, and much more. This year in 2021, we have two festivals. Come join a party with a purpose in Oshkosh, Wisconsin on July 8th through 11th or on the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bon Agua, Tennessee on July 29th through 31st. I'll see you there. As far as amps are concerned, I actually don't have any signature amps that I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. And the reason why is because the Kemper and the quad cortex and the helix all these different ones they, they kind of scratch that itch mm-hmm. for different ones you know because the j mod that would have been awesome yeah. but the j mod was 10 grand you know chris stapleton has the 62 princeton yeah like Which that good. would be pretty awesome mm-hmm. but i mean what am i gonna do with that okay, yeah greg cock he has his amp and i would love to play that someday but then again i could also have like the profile of it or something of course, there's also Van Halen's amps. You know, those are all signature amps. Yeah, all 50 of them. Oh, let me, let me throw this in before, before you move on. I would love to have one of the two rock John Mayer signatures. I would still, yeah. I would still kill for that. But um, that's probably the only amp right now that I would really, really go for. So you mentioned all those things, and then you put in pedals. And mm-hmm. I actually think that pedals and picks are probably some of the easiest signature gear for anyone to ever get. True. True. Jack White, Tim Pierce, Van Halen, Brad Paisley, mm-hmm. Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix, yep. other people I've never heard of before. <laughs> the, everybody seems to have some sort of a signature yeah. pedal. Andy Wood has one out now with Wampler, Brent Mason, Tom mm-hmm. Quayle. I mean, plays I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, um, JHS has put out a bunch of signature models. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it actually goes back to another thought, which is it's not what you know, it's who you know when yeah. it comes to a lot of these things. True. And, you know, that's not to say that these people aren't great players or icons in the industry and it's not worth paying homage. What I'm saying is I remember when signature gear was signature players. Yeah. So with that said... Signature gear, who is it actually for and what's their biggest flaws? I think it's for fans. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not going to buy, or I used to anyways, not buy anything that I wasn't a big fan of. But I will say this, I struggle a lot because if I pick up a Steve Warner model Takamini or my Steve Warner Telecaster, quote unquote, I probably am not going to play a Brad Paisley song on it. and so. I feel like one of the biggest limitations of it is like 
whenever I pick up that guitar, that's what I'm playing. Like I have no versatility with it at all. It is just all whoever that signature is. And, and I know it's not meant to be that. And I think one of the, the greatest things you can do is pick up a, a Brad Paisley guitar and maybe play punk rock on it, you know, or, or play metal or something and just kind of let that creative flow go. But, um, I just, I haven't been able to break through that yet. So that is a struggle for me. So I would say that's the biggest limitation of it is that you've got stuck in your mind how they use it and you try to mimic the way they use it, which I think is, is, uh, it's a good learning process, but it's not where you, you know, ultimately want to end up. Yeah, I I would completely agree. I think that one of the biggest flaws in signature gear is mostly to the price point because the irony of it is that these prices are not designed for a working man's guitar. Right. Yet, these are the working men using the guitar, or work, working ladies. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the things that I think is kind of ironic. Now, with all that said, who is this for? Well, this is for the people who want something other than what the stock guitars give. Like a Frankenstrat. Man, if you want the look of that, there are not striped guitars all over the place. Right. You know, there are not one pickup strats, really. You know, if you want a D-Tuna, you got to get a Wolfgang. Yeah. If you want a guitar that looks like a bow tie, you're probably looking at a Michael Vincent. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Ernie Ball one. Yeah. You know, if you want a 64 Strat, you're probably going to have to get a Silver Sky, which is ironic. Yeah, <laughs> but it is. It is. don't you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? You know, hey, <laughs> the, what's what's it like? Too ironic. <laughs> what's it like? It's like rain on your wedding day. Really? It's a it's a free ride huh. when you already paid. Have you ever noticed none of those things are actual irony? It's just kind of bad luck. Yeah, it's all bad luck. Yeah. yeah. The, the the song, the fact don't that the song ironic is not about irony at all is actually very ironic. Yeah, she's a genius. It's deep. It's very literal deep. genius. Oof, yeah, my head yeah. hurts. Just thinking ironically, about that. she's a genius. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> that's too much. Now, I will say the biggest flaw that I think there is in signature gear is actually that in getting signature gear, if you're like a musician and you love playing music, in having a signature model of someone else's you might actually lose some of your originality. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think for anybody who is trying to create their own sound and their own tones, that might be a hindrance. And that's kind of what you were getting at, where yeah. you pick up a Silver Sky, you want to play John Mayer stuff. You pick up a Brad Paisley, you want to play Brad Paisley stuff. It's true. And it's a, it's a crutch or, a, or a, um, uh, a hindrance, I would say. And I, not yeah. one that I liked, you know? So... But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fighting through that with some therapy. Well, then I guess we should also mention this in therapy. Who do you think makes the best signature gear? I probably would go right now. I got to say right now, it's probably Paul Reed Smith. I mean, I think that the Silver Sky kind of pushed him over the edge. If they were somehow to get a Keith Urban or a Brad Paisley telecaster sky you know whatever it would just be too much they they would they would be knocking it out of the park but between that and the like the one you told me about the david uh john grisham model i think it was 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Grissom. <laughs> between those and the uh, and the uh, Joe Walsh and the you know just all those they're they're killing it. Mark Tremonti, Santana, Zach Myers. I mean they're they're doing a good job. Yep. Of course Fender too. I think Fender really did a good job with the uh, Brent Mason one. Having having Joe Glazer put in those those benders in there and you know working up a thing where he can mass produce those. I think Fender's big problem is to get a a real quality one, just like the artist plays. They're doing like those limited runs, and you know they end up being ten thousand bucks yeah. or something like that. Or PRS, it's like you look and John Mayer's playing a PRS Silver Sky, like, and I'm sure it's right. one of the nicer ones, but still, it's a Silver Sky, and like you can play the same guitar he plays. So I think they've definitely got him beat beat there. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with PRS. Final answer. Well, then that is a correct answer because that's what I went with as well. I think right, that the best perfect. signature gear is probably PRS. Yeah. I think they make the best of pretty much everything, and so in which case, you know, the Tremonti was great. I think that what they've done with Santana over the years has been great. Yeah, the Joe Walsh seems like it's pretty cool. Haven't haven't played one. I have played the Silver Sky. It is excellent. I'm not a huge fan of the scarf joint, but yeah, right. that's an aesthetics thing. It's probably stronger because of it, but probably yeah. You know. And for those that don't know what a scarf joint is, basically to save on wood and quality of the wood, the neck is one blank, and then the headstock is another blank, and then they glue them together, and it's called a scarf joint. Yes. So, you should look that up. That's essentially what it is. And they're fine, but Epiphones use scarf joints. And Squires use scarf joints. And Firefly guitars and Amazon specials use scarf joints. And so that's, that's the only reason. It's a cork sniffer thing. I know it is. Right, yeah. But there's that. And then I put as my runner-up Fender. And what I appreciate mm-hmm. about Fender's signature series gear is that it's not just Fender Master Belt, Fender Custom Shop, Fender American, the Buddy Guy Strat, the Jimmy Vaughn Strat, the Jay Mascus Jazz Master. Mm-hmm. Like these are True. really good instruments. Yeah, they are. And they're all not uh, above a thousand dollars. And so that's, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's the reason I, I kind of struggled with between the two too is they are putting affordable signature models out. But I still say, you know, like the Brad Paisley Telecaster and the Brad Paisley Esquire, they're great guitars. They're great. And they're, you know, around a thousand bucks. But you tell Brad Paisley, hey, you can only keep one guitar. Which one are you keeping? He's not keeping that one. You know what I mean? So. No. But the other ones, the PRS ones, I mean, that probably is those, those guys' number one guitar or more likely anyways. So that, that's the reason I well, picked Well, it's definitely one that they're going to grab at any time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When we went and saw Brad Paisley, we didn't see him playing his Silver Sparkle telly. We saw him playing his Custom Shop telly, and he, we saw him playing his 68 Paisley. Yeah. We saw him playing his Crooks guitars. We didn't see him playing that Fender one, except maybe like once or twice. Yeah, I mean, he'll play it, he'll play it a time or two in the show, and you know, there for a while he was giving them out whenever he played them, but... Um, you know, they're, I mean, they're great guitars and they sound awesome. And I mean, in his hands, they sound phenomenal, but like I yeah. said, it's just, it's, it's on a little bit different level than, than a custom made custom shop or crook yeah. guitar, you know, whatever. So, well, I guess this probably brings us to final thoughts. So yeah. 
We've been talking about signature gear. We've been talking about all the different parts. And so what are your final thoughts when it comes to signature gear? What do you think about signature gear? Well, I, I'm a sucker for it and I probably will continue to buy it. But I think that I have probably gotten out of it a little bit more because I'm not as crazy about it because there for a while, there was something inside of me that just thought if you own the signature thing, like it's just going to make you a little bit cooler. And I realized pretty quickly it did not actually do that. I think the older I've gotten, the more I played, the more I've just realized I need to find something that's kind of my thing, not necessarily somebody else's thing. But I like the options. I like that they're out there. And like you said, some of the options, for instance, I was looking and thought, well, maybe instead of getting a John Mayer OMJM, maybe I'll just get an OM28. But then I start looking at it and, you know, the next specs are a little different. Some of the other things are different on there. So just having those different options is cool. So. I'm glad they do it. I think it's cool. I think that's cool for the artist too that gets them. And uh, I think that's every kid's dream is to have a signature model guitar someday or pedal. That's cool. I'm yeah. a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan of the signature gear. I think that it's a good bang for buck for a lot of people who are looking yeah. to get some of those features that you just can't get otherwise. Yeah. I guess where I'm really mostly the fan is of like Zach Myers and Jay Mascus and Bonnie Raitt and Buddy Guy and Jimmy Vaughn and even some of the Jimi Hendrix ones yeah. that were done, those were all budget style. And I think what we're looking for is something that inspires someone to continue playing. Yeah. And those kids or those younger or newer to playing type people, that's what they're going to go for. Even the Kenny Wayne Shepherd was relatively inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And those are all great examples of ways of keeping people in and keeping it a good budget and doing all that. With that said, Paul Reed Smith also had the Santana SE version yep. that they did, and that all helped out. And they talked about, oh, maybe there will be a John Mayer SE version or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's all, that's all really cool. And so yeah. when it comes to signature gear, whether it be pedals or amps or guitars, the lower budget ones, man, I'm all in. Great idea. The higher dollar ones, that's really meant for the fanboy. That's meant for the person who is a Brad Paisley fanatic, a John Mayer fanatic, a Joe Walsh fanatic, you know, whatever it is. Yep. It's designed for you. It's designed for you, Jason. Yep. (laughs) But the fact that you've gotten rid of pretty much all of them, except for those ones that were in your budget way back when. Yep. Really does kind of prove that, that theory, that final thought that I would have to it. Could not agree more. Now I'm going to get up off this couch. I've been laying face down for the last hour almost. It's time, it's time for me to get up and stretch a little bit. All right. Well, then, you know what? Until our next session. Thanks for having me. Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, leave five stars in a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Tweed Couch. Until next time. Come on.